This podcast features explicit language and spoilers. Welcome to Better Late Than Never, a movie podcast where I invite a friend to watch a blockbuster, cult favorite, or otherwise culturally significant film that they have never seen before. My name is Dave, and I am your host. This week, I am joined by returning guest Drew. Drew, hello. So much joy. And I believe we are now joined also by first-time guest Kathleen. Hello. Hi, Kathleen. <laughs> now, Kathleen, I believe you and Drew have met before? Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> we are uh, married, so. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yes, very close. All right. Well, then I guess I don't have to introduce you any further, <laughs> you having met. Um, <laughs> welcome to the pod, Kathleen. This week, we are watching a movie that you have never seen before. And that is American Pie from 1999. Oh, okay. I was guessing it was early 2000s. Well, I mean, that kind of feels like the same era to me (laughs) in my brain. It all kind of runs together. Late 90s, early 2000s, all just kind of a terrible, horrible (laughs) blur of culturally awful era. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Possibly including this film? We'll find out. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> yeah, this came up when we were, Drew and I were watching Schitt's Creek and talking oh, yeah. about Eugene Levy. And I was like, I love him in Best in Show. Mm-hmm. And Drew was like, well, you know, American Pie was like his big kickoff movie. And I was like, I've never seen that. So that sparked this whole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> we got to do a better late than ever. Let me ask you. Have you got any kind of familiarity with this film? I mean, like, you knew about the movie, right? Yeah. No, I remember it being super popular. I'm surprised I haven't seen it, honestly, but I'm trying to remember this uh, specific, like, people reference Bandcamp all the time, Mm. and, like, there's, like, enough of, like, silliness, uh from the movie that I feel familiar with that I but like I'd never actually saw it (laughs) well so within the context of the movie I'm curious what do you think Bandcamp is or what do you think it's about so I'm not sure (laughs) I'm really not sure but I think that the movie is about either it's set at a camp of some kind Mm -hmm. and it's either camp counselors who are like the main characters or it's like a family summer camp and like the the main characters are the adolescents that are part of these families that go to the summer camp. So I don't know which what it is, but 
feel like the movie takes place at a camp. Okay. Okay. So taking it now, just like breaking it down into the, the like general questions. Now, Drew, well, actually, let me circle back to you, Drew. I wanna, okay. Because, Drew, I know you've seen this movie. I have, yeah. So I want to ask you, what are your recollections of this movie? Oh, great. Thank you for asking, Dave. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciate you engaging me here because, you know, it really is more about Kathleen. Yeah, Kathleen's the hasn't guinea pig in this scenario. But um, I, so let me, let me try I... to offer some, uh, uh, some my experience without too many spoilers at this yeah, point we don't want those yet yeah um so i did see this movie in theaters when it came out in 1999 for me it was uh i'll say that uh i quite enjoyed it and uh it was unlike movies of its genre that i had seen before like i i feel like it pushed the envelope on a few things um i'm intentionally vague here yeah but um yeah i i I quite enjoyed it, and uh, it was a it was a kind of uh, we were we were in the middle of high school when it came out, so the adolescent characters were we could very much relate to them, and uh, you know it was a movie that made a big cultural impression among us high schoolers. You know that a lot of a lot of quotes and gags and things that we continued to reference. You know. And so you liked this movie, then? Yeah, I, I would, I would say I absolutely did. You know, it's, uh, I would put the level of maturity of the humor of the movie is such that I'm on the borderline of guilty pleasure in terms of, you know, saying that I enjoy it, but I'm on the borderline. I'm, I'm not that guilty. Okay. Saying that I, that I enjoy it. Okay. Um. I have also seen it, so I'll throw out a few more recollections before we really dive into your uh, expectations, Kathleen. I will say um, my recollection, Drew, is that um, you were the one who told me to see this in high school. (laughs) Um, I came to it pretty late. Um, I think it had actually, it had come out in theaters. It had been a huge hit. Everyone was like all about it and talking about it already. It was out on video already and you and a few of our other friends like oh you have to see this movie and i was given to watch it a video cd not a vhs and not a dvd but a movie on a cd a video cd to put into my computer and watch on that wow (laughs) and i watched american pie on that and um I will admit to being a little underwhelmed. Uh, I don't think it's a bad movie, but by then it had been so hyped. uh, I just found it a little... There weren't a lot of surprise. I guess by that point there were no surprises left to the movie. I kind of already... So much of it had already been revealed through the, the jokes just being talked about so much that there were no surprises left. So, you know, the plot is kind of basic. So at that point, I was just kind of like, okay, but watching it was just kind of like a routine getting it over with kind of thing. Yeah. A routine getting it over with kind of thing. Possibly a statement relatable to the plot of this film. Anyway, mm-hmm. so that's me. But now that uh, us two have gotten our whole thing with this film out of the way, Kathleen, what sort of reputation does this movie have for you? So... When it first came out, I was in eighth grade. 
and I re- I remember like my family, my pa- parents are more conservative, and so I remember like there being like a you should like you shouldn't see this movie because it has this kind of scandalous, mm-hmm. um, crude humor that you know like my family wouldn't appreciate, but. Uh, they also didn't really monitor like what I watched. Really, it was just kind of an offhand comment. So I had that in my mind. Um, so it wasn't like you weren't. It's like it wasn't like you're not allowed to see it. It's more like you were discouraged. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and just from I can't remember like the specific jokes, but I just remember it being, yeah, like kind of like crude humor that was unusual for movies at that time and um resulted in like lots of conversation and like reviews about that um so just being a big deal and then i also expect it to be kind of like this coming of age losing your virginity Mm. kind of like i'm assuming love story with peppered with like lots of humor yeah yeah coming of age story definitely (laughs) that was definitely no pun intended or was it (laughs) um do you have any idea besides so you mentioned eugene levy already yeah and i will go on the record Shit's creek is an awesome show also big Uh so glad you've started to catch it (laughs) Oh no, I'm I'm fully caught up. Great, okay. yeah, no, I'm I. I it's like good, that show isn't a lot. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. A big fan of Alexis in particular. Oh yeah, uh, just uh, the, the the thing she does with her hands. Yeah, yeah she's <laughs> she's very like 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 her her effeminate uh, demeanors and mannerisms are just are so <laughs> only gained by being so spoiled. Like she's just it's at just a level where you have to be spoiled to a certain extent to be that like helplessly physically effeminate I've in been, your expressions. Yeah, I've been tempted to buy. I've seen T-shirts that just say "Ew, David." Ew, David. <laughs> Ew, David. Ew, David. I also um, <laughs> I was at a New Year's party and it was winding down, and the host uh, was starting to clean up a little bit in the kitchen, and she and her friend were singing Alexis's song from her critically reviewed television <laughs> program, and um, they were singing it together in the kitchen, and I, like, I heard it, and then, like, ran across the apartment, and at the right <laughs> spot, like, like bashed the door to the kitchen open, and was just like, I'm a little bit Alexis! <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, Oh, also, I uh, I know this isn't a Shit's Creek podcast, but just to sing the praises of one more character, big fan of Stevie. Um, yeah, Stevie's great. Yeah. Actress Emily Hampshire was on another show that I like very much called Twelve Monkeys, and now we can move on. Okay. But 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 also David and also Moira. Yeah, yeah, I everybody. love Moira. She's so ridiculous. Okay, okay. That's enough about Shit's Creek Overload. Kathleen, do you know anybody else who's in this movie? I believe the I I can picture the redhead in the movie. Um, Boy or girl? Girl. Okay. Um, and I think it's the same actress who plays Lily on How I Met Your Mother, but I don't know her name. Okay. Anybody else? Nope. Okay. 
And I'm assuming no one else, like, sort of, like, surrounding us, like, director or writer or anything else. No predictions of that. Okay. No. Um, you mentioned band camp and something about band camp. Are there any other quotes that you think you might know from this film? No. I, I think 10 years ago I probably would have, <laughs> but I don't remember. I can't think of any. No phrases or terms or anything like that. I the only I was thinking about this um on the way here and after, yeah I I just can't remember. <laughs> okay. Okay. I guess sort of related to that would be uh do you think there are any like particular shots or scenes and I guess with this movie you would say even like specific jokes that you think you're expecting so like you know jokes that you heard people talking about or things that you remember from people talking about it back then going around. I just remember the jokes being about losing your virginity, I'm pretty sure. There are a lot of those in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that this is a teen sex comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you watch a lot of those? I was trying to think of like what other movie I've seen that I think is in the same bubble. And the only... I couldn't think of any. The only the only one that I was like, this might have similar humor to like Wedding Crashers, maybe. Hmm. But Wedding Crashers seems like more that's more like a grown up sex yeah. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there aren't really adolescents as the main characters yeah. so much. I don't think I watched a lot of them when I was younger, but I've seen more of them now. I guess, although maybe I haven't even now that I think about it. So there's Fast Times at Ridgemont High is mm-hmm. one, or like Porky's. Right. Um, but I haven't seen either of those myself. I just, Revenge of the Nerds might yeah, be kind I of guess. in that category too. Yeah. Um, what else would be like a teen sex romp? I mean, nowadays you would have Super Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Super Bad is in that category. Uh, Book Smart just came out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what okay. was that one that we saw where the parents go crashing their uh, kids? Oh, uh, uh, cock blockers. Cock blockers. Yeah, I heard that was good. I didn't see that. You didn't? <laughs> I thought. I thought you and I saw that together. I saw that with. Oh no, we went and saw that with our mistresses. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Cut that out! Cut that out! Okay, yeah. <laughs> then no one will have heard it. Um, yeah, I heard that was good though. Yeah, uh, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah, but I, I actually, this might be the only, like, movie in the genre that I've seen other than Superbad. Well, I guess I've seen Superbad and Booksmart now, but both of those are, like, after this. So in terms of, like, the genres that existed before this movie, I don't think I've seen any of the, like, establishing movies either, yeah. come to think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any other predictions coming into the film? Just that... I think they're at some camp. Someone okay. loses their virginity, and it's pretty lighthearted. Yeah, kind of a silly love story, but just with a lot of crude, silly humor. Yeah. Well, I have a question. So, <laughs> what do you it. what do you think Eugene Levy's character is up to in this? So, I think he's either one of the parents at this family camp that they go to in the summer and like the parent of one of the adolescents or if it's like actually a band camp or some kind of like 
youth camp that these teens are camp counselors for, then he would be like the camp director or something. Okay. Yeah. One of those. Cool. All right. And then I have one last question. Uh, I think you sort of like came at this a little sideways, but I'm just going to ask it directly. What do you think the title is alluding to? Um, I think like this kind of social expectation of what uh, growing up, like when we kind of hit certain times uh, throughout our childhood and becoming an adult and like what's kind of like as American as American Pie would be like losing your virginity at this, like there's a social expectation that this happens a certain way and trying to kind of go along with that. But that's. Mm. I like that. I realized like I was like nodding a lot and then (laughs) nodding along and I was like, oh, wait, it's an audio thing. (laughs) I can see me doing that. Yeah, Yeah. no, I like that. Uh, Drew, do you have any other questions? Um, I don't think so. No, I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, in that case, I think we're ready to watch this thing. Let's do it. All right. American Pie, baby. We will be back. Boop, boop. This is the part where we're watching the movie. And now it's done. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. Do 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 do. So that was American <laughs> Pie, you guys. I gotta say, you know, okay. In some very specific ways, it really did not. But generally speaking, it it held up better than I thought it would. I I would agree with that statement for sure. Yeah, Kathleen, what did you think? I liked it more than I thought I would. Like okay, I kind yeah. of was like, oh, I should have watched this earlier. All right, cool. Well, so it looks like everyone's kind of coming out of this pretty positively then. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I was mentioning this off mic, but just in case we have any regular listeners out there, um, I'm going to maybe do this a little bit looser than normal, but still just for the sake of getting some facts and meta information out there Mm -hmm. go into a few of the things about the movie so american pie a teen sex romp that came out in 1999 it was written by adam hearse hertz it was directed by these two people paul and chris whites and um they went on to do a few things on their own so paul uh directed the movie little fockers a sequel in the um to the meet the fockers yeah and uh meet the parents meet the parents meet the fockers yeah he also wrote the movie ants okay was like uh a bug's life the the non-bug's life yeah movie uh together they directed the movie about a boy never saw that but i know i think hugh grant yeah it's a hugh grant movie um, right. That I also have never seen. <laughs> the the Mickey Blue Eyes era. Yeah. Right. And also, I always get that movie confused with Love Actually. Really? Um, Mickey Blue Eyes? No, uh, about a boy. Oh, okay. Just rounding out the directors, uh, Chris directed The Golden Compass, uh, Twilight, the Twilight movie New Moon, which is one of them. Oh, wow. It's the second one, I think. And um, he wrote rogue one wow 
which uh, was the uh, standalone Star Wars movie that came out a couple years ago. I really, really like Rogue One. Me too. That's those guys. But I think when it comes to American Pie, far more interesting is the cast because there are so many people in it. Right. So Kathleen, you were correct. Eugene Levy is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he was He was great. And I mean, it's sort of like uh, Schitt's Creek-ish that he's just such a, he's such a great dad yeah i think one of my favorite parts in the movie is just like when he's trying to have the sex talk with his son in the very beginning and it's just like it like like consistently his effort is so endearing and it's so hilarious and awkward and painful Yeah. (laughs) yeah you know i've mentioned before that um cringe humor is not a type of humor that i really like but somehow he does a version of cringe humor that is endearing you know, like the yeah. way that talk goes is so awkward and so cringy. And yet with him, there's kind of like a warmth to it. There's yeah. a way that he maintains a level composure through the awkwardness and just keeps going. Yeah. That just, it it's it's like nothing else. It's so earnest. Like, yeah. it's like I'm going to convey this and I know this is painful, but I'm going to push through. <laughs> but yeah, Ernest yeah. is right. Yeah, there's like an underlying kindness and... and it's oddly touching. Yeah, like... yeah. It, yeah, I agree. Oh, man, he's great. And you were right. This is, you know, so he'd been in like, you know, comedies before, including some of the ones you mentioned. Like, I don't know if, um, what's it called? Uh, Best in Show had been out by then, but movies in that mockumentary series, I think, had happened by then. And he was in like SCTV and stuff. But this was definitely like... His biggest breaky outiest, if that's a word, <laughs> role. Yeah. And um, he would go on to kind of make a kind of a career out of appearing in American Pie movies. Right. Uh, like a sub crew. We'll talk about that a little bit more at the end, I think. Yeah, sequels and whatnot. Yeah. But so other cast people, though. So we have Jason Biggs played Jim. Uh, did you recognize this guy? No. He's in other stuff, though. He's been he in other stuff, but he is really kind of most famous. He kind of gets the Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker syndrome in that he's most famous for a specific role, and that is he's the guy who fucked a pie. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, his oh, face was familiar, but I I was like, I can't think of anything else he's in, but like I recognized him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, what else oh, is uh, he Orange in? is the New Black. He's in that. Okay. He's the boyfriend oh. of the main character from the early seasons. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I should also mention here, too, and I should have mentioned a little bit earlier, we watched the unrated cut of this. Okay. Um, yeah. How does it differ? What did we see in this that we wouldn't in So another? there aren't a lot of differences. In fact, there are practically none. Um, one of them is that um, there are a few shots that are a little bit longer and like slightly more graphic, and they're barely worth going into. Like the it, beer? Uh, surprisingly, no, but, um, wow. the shot of him actually, like, finishing into the beer is kind of, like, composed differently. Okay. Um, so in the, uh, R, so it's rated R, um, and then in our unrated version, uh, it's composed that you see Vicky, Tara Reed is kind of, like, adjusting her top while you see him, you see his back while he's, like, finishing into the cup. In the regular version, it's just like a shot in her face while you hear him sort of being like, oh, like into the cup. Okay. You know, and she's, uh, it's just a shot on her being like, oh, you. Oh, okay. So we get the reaction shot, but we don't have the direct witness. Yeah, exactly. The biggest difference, though, is the pie scene. 
which is that in the regular version, Jim is standing and like holding the pie and kind of fucking it. Whereas in our unrated version, the pie is on a counter and he is laying on top of it and fucking it missionary position. (laughs) I will actually go on record in saying I think the regular version is funnier. The shot, because when Eugene Levy enters and catches him, Jim turns around and is like holding the pie to his crotch. And I thought it just looked funnier. Yeah. 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 So that was different, wasn't it? Because I thought... My recollection was of that other move where he's holding the pie. Where he's himself. holding the pie. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's a little funnier. Yeah. So anyway, so that's that's the big difference that I found. Anyway, <laughs> um, Chris Klein played Oz. Um, he was all right. Yeah, I was trying. I was also like, oh, so many of the characters looked familiar to me, but I couldn't place them in other. Yeah, things. I'm like, he's got to be in some football. He has that look show. to him, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, like such yeah. such a like teen heartthrob football player look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like he's absolutely in other '90s high school drama movies. The thing about him too, and like to a certain extent, he definitely like puts this on during the movie deliberately when he's like trying to seduce women, but also sort of as like an acting thing that he does. He does the voice. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm really trying to seduce you right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah intentional. But especially during the early scene where he's trying to seduce that girl, it's pretty funny. He's like, suck me, baby. <laughs> I can't believe he says that. <laughs> he says, suck me, beautiful. Oh, right, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> um, Thomas Ian Nichols plays Kevin. Um, you know, he's fine. I don't think he's been in much else that I... Oh, he's in a Rookie of the Year. Right, that's what he's in. Did yep. you ever see Rookie he's, of the Year? He's no. the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, Eddie K. Thomas plays Finch, otherwise known as Shitbreak. I couldn't play some fur in anything. Well, he's also, I believe, in a little movie called Freddy Got Fingered, if anybody's seen oh, that. Oh, yeah, I did wind up seeing that. Now, I don't really remember his performance in that. Drew, I have to call you out for something oh. in relation to this character, which is that um, I mentioned in part one that you recommended this movie to me. And at the time, you said, oh, there's a character in this movie who really reminds me of you. (laughs) Oh, right. And you were like, don't be insulted. He's called Shitbreak in the movie. But like, forget about that. Just generally speaking, he's a lot like you. He really reminds (laughs) me of you. I think, you know, like, and you'll be cool with it. And when I finally caught up with the movie, I was not cool with it. (laughs) I was really insulted. How dare you? (laughs) Fuck you, Drew. I don't know what I I mean. Really? I said that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're like, this guy is like exactly like you. (laughs) I was like, I was watching the movie being like, fucking asshole (laughs) like sitting alone in my house like watching this thing on this vcd being like my arms crossed just being like how dare you although i will say i don't love using public restrooms right but i can do it there you go so between that and you know he had a sophisticated uh Mm -hmm. taste and palate all right uh, you know he came away a winner as far as uh, the fates of the characters. I guess. All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> then uh, the last of the uh, male cast I'll mention, Sean William Scott plays Stifler. And I think we all recognize this guy, right? No? 
What I, else? I know he's like he's in things. I have no idea what. What else is he in though? Because Stifler, he is. I mean, that's that's his main role. He's definitely most identified with Stifler, I guess. But you know, I guess it's hard for me to like nail down other specific roles that he's been in. But I, you Come know, on, he IMDb. had a career. Yeah. No, he. He was in the rundown with The Rock. Mm. Oh wow! Really? Nobody? No. Did we like him in this? Uh, no, but I don't think oh, we were wow. supposed to. <laughs> well, no, but I just—I'm not the character, though. Uh, I just mean the actor. Oh, oh, I was fine. I yeah, I mean, I—I I feel like this is an iconic performance as far as the the like douche Stifler's such a like yeah a singular character, and he does. He plays him perfectly. Yeah. I think I actually, so he does play an asshole-ish character. Um, I think he plays him really, really well. Watching it this time, I thought, not that he's quite on this level, but there's almost like a Ryan Reynolds-ish thing going on with him where he's kind of elevating a very stock character with his confident delivery it's almost like there's a slightly ironic detachment to how confident he's being Mm. delivering these lines that's elevating how funny it is yeah and it's not quite ryan reynolds but it's it's a similar thing going on um so i I think he's pretty good in this and he takes a character who could be much more awful especially in you know the gender politics sense Mm -hmm. and makes him hold up better i think all right and so then we get our female cast member oh uh by the way other things he was in that we might have forgotten dude where's my car yes yes okay yeah that's his other big one yeah uh so tara reed was vicky do we remember who tara reed is yes yeah she is a big star i thought she was okay her character is not very strong in this though what else was she on like 90210 or something like that ah jeez what else was too young for that Terry in. Um, Terry was in this. Uh, oh, she was in the Big Lebowski. She's the girl who disappears in the Big Lebowski. Oh, okay. And um, I mean, lately she's been in the Sharknado movies, right? I feel like she's mostly known for this, though. Okay. Natasha Leone, though. I feel like watching this, Natasha Leone has been like the same person. She she's just like so fully developed as who she is in this. Yeah, she, yeah, right. She's she's she sounds like she plays Jessica. She she talks and sounds like this worldly like fifty year old New Yorker. Yeah, like and she's always sounded like that since she was I don't know how young in this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mina Suvari is Heather, uh, the jazz jazz choir jazz girl. Yeah, yeah. She was in the movie with Kevin Spacey, American, American Beauty, Beauty, which came out the same the, year. the same year. Yeah, big year for her. Yep, two big American movies. <laughs> yep, where she was, uh, she was a major character. She's okay in this. Um, I think she's more interesting in American Beauty. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but the one who I am most attached to is, of course. The one that you mentioned, Kathleen, Allison Hannigan. Yes. The redheaded the red girl. Head, the band camp. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So she has the quote one uh, this one time at band camp. So um, did you 
recognize the quote when it came came up. Yeah, and I and the like repetition that people would use it in or just like reference like I'm super lame. On this one of, time at Yeah, Pancake? and <laughs> um, yeah, so I totally recognized it. That like structure of setup. Yeah. This one time at Bandcamp. Yeah. Yeah. I just, oh my God, I love her. I mean, I loved her from Buffy because she's Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, of I course. You were right. She's also, yes, she is also uh, from How I Met Your Mother, okay. which came after one, this. Yeah. But um, but she's good in this too, in per- like apart from all of that. I think she's pretty hilarious and extremely cute. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Love her. And then, don't have to get into it. But I just want to call out uh, John Cho is the MILF guy. Yeah. Oh, I was so delighted to see that it's John Cho. Yeah. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth is Nadia, the Czech foreign exchange student. Mm-hmm. And uh, Casey Affleck shows up for a cameo as Kevin's older brother who directs him to the sex book. Ah. Yeah. That was Casey was Affleck. A- yeah. It was really brief. <laughs> but his voice is so recognizable. Yeah. He's just so... I, I'm not going to do an impression of Casey Affleck. <laughs> but it's... And then Stifler's mom. Was, oh, yeah. She's in so many things, including Best in Show. Yep. Legally yes, Blonde. Um, she is. Blonde. Yeah. Stifler's mom is named Jennifer Coolidge. And yeah, she uh, she's actually kind of a, a pretty uh, well-known like comedian. She was in The Groundlings. Um, which is a comedy troupe. Well, this is certainly a breakout role for her as well. Well, I don't. Maybe not on the level of Eugene Levy. I would say the Stifler's mom character is like the other iconic character from this, besides the dad. But you know, but Eugene Levy was able to spin that into appearing in all the other American Pie movies. She appears in all of the other american pie movies but as we will see not all the direct video american pie what am i oh, gonna say well whatever let's talk about the actual movie so american pie the movie begins and um the one thing that i noticed right away as this movie starts is boy pornography has changed <laughs> so the movie opens and we get jim our main character it's kind of an ensemble movie but yeah he's but he's most... the main he's the brad if you will yeah he's he's the most important guy i think and he is jerking off to television like scrambled porn. Yeah. scrambled tv porn and he gets caught by his dad eugene levy well first by his mom in yeah. fact and um this just brought up to me the uh the memory of getting caught by your parents masturbating did either of you two have that delightful experience I'm glad to say I've never had that experience. I've 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 been walked in on and been able to scramble <clears throat> and been able to scramble. I just moved away from the microphone, mocking the way that I've dodged uh, my parents. But uh, yeah, uh, I've been walked in on, but been able to main you know pull it together. Yeah, fortunately not. For me, I mean, I've been walked in on as well, not as prolonged and as exposing and bad as what Jim has to go through. What I do think this movie does well is um, there's some things about it that haven't aged well. But one one of the things that it does do well is catch all these like little 
embarrassing humiliations and awkward moments that you experience at this age, particularly for boys, I suppose. That being said, though, they are they do go to some extremes at some points that I'm sure we'll we'll mention. But yep. yeah, so he gets caught jacking it by Eugene Levy. And then we get introduced to our group of friends at this high school. Uh, not a camp, as it turns out, Kathleen. Yeah, I'm like, I, I guess I just heard band camp and, and had it in my head that that, that was the that setting. Was, and I remembered like images by a lake, like from uh, which we do get at the end. Which, yeah, I see how that pieces it together. But yeah, <laughs> and also, I mean, there are other like teen movies and teen sex movies that do take place at camps. So, like, isn't Porky's at a camp? I'm pretty sure it is. I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming so. I've only seen uh, clips from it or like some, yeah, some scenes. But like a lot of teen movies are at camps. camps. I mean, slasher movies like Friday the 13th are like teen movies, at least, that feature sex. And that's at a camp. Yep. Camp Crystal Lake, in fact. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's not a bad assumption to make, but it is a high school. Yeah. Um, And we start meeting our group of boys. Uh, The first thing that i started noticing is number one it is very much the late 90s yep i instantly started thinking about um how to lose a guy in 10 days and how like have you both of you seen that i have not seen the whole thing but i've caught bits and pieces of it on tv a bunch it it's a like you're going to high school in the 90s so a lot of the music and the hair oh, yeah. and like it reminded me of that right away yeah the styles yeah. the the hair the shirts the cargo pants mm-hmm. i definitely wore cargo pants at that time I'll me cop too to it. and it's funny because before we were talking about how you know the late 90s kind of blur into the 2000s but i feel like all of those style notes that we just talked about are all like they're they're phasing out in two th- year 2000 they're starting to phase out a little bit. I mean, there's this character Sherman, the nerd, the Shermanator, yeah. and his hair, just the way it's like gelled and spiked up is just so of its time. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, we were experiencing it then and didn't notice it's kind of like the way fish don't really sense the water that they swim in. Right. <laughs> but looking back at it yeah. now. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. I remember when kids used to. Do that with their hair? <laughs> Dude, I went through a bottle of hair gel in a week. <laughs> God, that's hilarious. Yeah, like the girls, I noticed the butterfly necklaces and like the tube skirts and oh, um, God. spaghetti straps, but everything's very blocky, like mm-hmm. all the shirts and stuff. Gotta admit, I do kind of like that fashion still <laughs> the, on the girls side i do still like the girls fashion from that time mm. not the guys so much but yeah uh, yeah the I, guys I, I, the it's always like the hawaiian shirts the button down right. block shirts not those necessarily are so hawaiian, and everything's too big yeah yeah, yeah big I think baggy stuff girls yeah. fared better yeah 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 the the female fashion holds up better yeah 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 um so what do we got? We've got our central foursome. It's Jim, Oz, Kevin, Finch, and then sort of circling around the margins is this asshole character, Stefflar. Right. We also bump into uh, Jessica, played by Natasha Leone, and the big note I have is just that she's so young. Did mm. either of you guys watch Russian Doll? 
Yes. Yeah, I actually wrote that down in my notes. <laughs> just like the comparison. It's right. just like... But again, she's just like the same person. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> and how many years apart? We're talking almost 30 years yeah. time span. Okay, wait, 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 99? No, no, 20. No, 20, 20, 20 not 30. But still. Yeah, it's still insane. Oh, she, is ex- she was like so fully formed. Yeah. In yeah. her like style and being and personality and demeanor and and yet it's so long ago oh my god it's it's nuts so anyway they're all hanging out and um jim has thus far not had very much success with the ladies Mm. so he asks his his buddies to describe what it's like to get to third base you guys remember bases did you ever talk about first, second, third, getting to, getting to various bases? Yeah, I remember that, and I also remember not talking about it often or at enough enough depth where I was ever quite sure exactly what corresponded oh, to what I, base. I know this might yeah. just be a you and me thing, Drew, but I was always a little bit unclear on which base was which as well. Yeah. It was really vague and also really embarrassing to have to ask. So you just kind of like nodded and kept <laughs> yeah. like pretending. Yeah. yeah. So Kathleen, was this just a boys thing or did girls also uh, talk about bases? Oh, we definitely referenced bases. Uh, okay. Yeah. And right away, they really early on in the movie said what? Apple pie. Yeah. So we get we get <laughs> so the. Like, uh, okay. I, f- I feel like every group or um even like where your state or like town community whatever has like a different idea of what each base is like it does i think it does mean different things to yeah yeah the only thing that's probably the same for everybody is home exactly yeah exactly (laughs) scoring is the same for everybody right yeah as far as what those increments are the bases yeah but you are right, Kathleen. We do get the description that gives us our title, which is that uh, third base feels like warm apple pie. Yeah. Which is a very disgusting way to, um, <laughs> just in terms of the mental imagery, mm-hmm. to describe it. But um, that's what we get. And so that kind of brings me into what I was thinking about as the movie started, which is that the gender politics of this movie are fucking crazy dated. Yeah, they are. They would not fly today. Especially a scene that we'll talk about in just a little bit but throughout the whole thing i mean yeah the whole movie centers the male perspective which you know is normal for the time but you notice more now because you know we're starting to like talk about it and make people aware of like you know the perspective of various uh you know stories and who's telling them and who's being centered and all that sort of thing but beyond that just like the way people talk and like the jokes that are made and just like everything about it a lot of it is like crazy yeah looking back on it now and was totally normal to me at the time right yeah i was thinking that as we were watching i was like i don't think like there'd be so much backlash if this came out now Mm -hmm. yeah so uh well there'll be different stuff to point out throughout and again especially one scene in particular. But we got another scene to talk about before then, which is that we get a 90s high school house party. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. There's so many of those that I've seen throughout the years. This one is a pretty tame one as far as they go. It's no... um, What's the one with Seth Green? Um, oh. Uh, can't Hardly Wait. Can't Hardly Wait. It's no Can't Hardly Wait party, but it is a big high school party. Did you ever actually attend... 
a high school party that resembled the way Hollywood made at least a 90s high school house party look? I will actually say yeah. that I did. Yeah. Once or twice. Kathleen? I didn't. <laughs> what a loser! I know. I know. I was just like, like in high school. So like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't drink until like the end of college. Mm. So it, that was, yeah. But. And there is nothing wrong with that. The loser comment was entirely <laughs> a joke, which I think brings us to one of the many really embarrassing things that happen to people at these parties. So at this party... Uh, one of our main c- characters, Kevin, is uh, getting a blowjob from his girlfriend, Vicky, and he finishes in to a beer. Stifler, who is an asshole, and we are led to believe deserves this, then comes in and drinks this cup of semen-filled beer. And everybody, he winds up throwing it up, and everybody at the party knows. And I just think to myself, if that happened at a party at the time in our high school experience like if that got out if that happened like that would just be the end for you yeah it would yeah it would be a stain i feel like there were so many instances throughout this movie where it was like well if that happened that your would, life's over like, that's, that's your social for- life is yeah totally over but they all persevered. <laughs> I know. No, this is just the first of many. Yeah. 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 There like, are a like, lot. This is, this, this, so this is the first one. And also, it's not just generally speaking. It's also just between Stifler and Kevin in particular. Like them specifically, the power dynamics between them would never be the same. Like, That's right. The movie then goes on with Stifler still being an asshole to Kevin and is portrayed as being like maybe more popular or like dominant even but it's like for the like it's just like a trump card for the rest of your life where it's just like you drank my cum yeah you know like right you you just bust that out and it's just like that's that's yeah it's like it never comes back up though right right he doesn't make use of that he doesn't he's got eternal leverage over (laughs) stifler for especially someone like stifler who evidently takes it very seriously given how how much he's throwing up afterwards but so anyway (laughs) So this move, this party is going on, and the boys get to talking about how bad they are with girls, despite some of them having girlfriends, and how none of them are getting laid. This was kind of a big deal in high school, I guess, right? Did we all feel that kind of pressure? I know I did, sort of. It seemed like a very norm, like a very normal depiction of that's that's what's going on in high school. You know, you have couples, and you have. Uh, People gearing up to maybe have sex for the first time. I don't know. Everyone's kind of nervous about it. But yeah, there's social pressure that everyone. How was it, uh, Kathleen, depicting the social pressure for uh, girls? Was it accurate? Was it because I mean, obviously, it centers way more on boys. But like when it turned to girls, was it at least getting it right? I thought they did a really good job with um, what was her name? Vicky. Vicky with this obsession about having the first time be perfect and to hear I love you being Mm. like a central thing. I think that that is, was normal for a lot of girls in high school. Um, But I also think um, Natasha's character was played like, I mean, she, she was like the only feminist voice in, in uh, Mm. from everyone, I think actually. Um, 
where she was just like, this is what you need to do. And this is, uh, I thought they did a pretty good job. I mean, it was clearly the male perspective was the dominant yeah. <laughs> perspective. Yeah, um, safe. But safe I do think in general, it, it captured how insecure you are at that age. Period. Oh, yeah. Like it just. I think one thing I found relatable was um, a pressure to want to try and lose your virginity before you get to college because there is kind of a fear of being inexperienced when you get to college. Right. That I found relatable. Mm -hmm. So each one of them uh, in their own way is feeling kind of pressure like this. It's not um, helped by the fact that in the next morning, the seemingly dorkiest person at their school, Sherman, the Shermanator, apparently has gotten laid and they're all being left in the dust by their peers. So they make this pact that they are all going to get laid before the end of the school year, which is in three weeks. It's crazy. They have not left themselves a lot of time. Um, and the reasoning there is that, like, on their own, they're weak. But if they're all helping each other, it's it better. It's like a it's like a, a peer accountability scheme, right? Like, a, but but it, I mean, it's obviously it's misguided. The the notion behind it is very misogynistic, right? Like like men independently create a pact that they're going to get laid with no consideration for who the woman is now. I did appreciate that they they were they were woke enough to say that it needs to be legitimate consensual. Yeah, sec- like that was thrown was in like, there. Well, wait. So it means no raping people, and then he now doubles de- back and says no hookers, no hookers. <laughs> but like, okay, well, but right. I mean, when he said consensual, I I yeah, do think yeah. that uh, implies no raping. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But I think the whole idea behind it also is misguided because, like, there I, I feel like part of the reason why they're having trouble is because they are feeling pressure and it's giving them performance anxiety. All that you know, like mm. they're being driven to do something, and so forming this pact is just like feeding into. Now they're all just doing it to each other even more. Yeah, that's yeah. right. They're putting each other on edge and psyching each other out. Right, and, yeah. Like, everyone's nervous because there's now more at stake. You have three weeks to do this. It made me think, like, the way they were approaching it was like, they're, they're okay, they have this time crunch now, and they're out. They're all, like, writing a manual on how to get this done and trying, like, everything to see if it'll work. Um, or, like, just figure out what what's the recipe to to get this done it's like a puzzle yeah. suddenly it's a, it's a challenge it's a unique challenge where they need to i mean I figure out how to unlock the it the does key fit with this. the way i thought about it at the time although that might have been fed in part by the fact that the way i thought about it was informed by movies like american pie right that's what i was wondering i was like oh it is this how it w- is this written like for the humor or is this like what the majority of high school guys how they think about it it's an interesting question because on the one hand it it's it is a reflection of the culture of the time certainly but then on the other it's how much how much was it influencing the culture feedback loop yeah it's a it's a kind of feedback loop yeah 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 i i think that's what it was you know Mm mm-hmm 
we did um overlook a couple of things from the party though that i think we should double back for okay one very very important quote that uh kathleen did you recognize this and that quote is milf yes i have it in like all caps in my notes i i was like i remember that being a funny comment when i was uh ninth tenth grade and people would like joke about their moms being milfs or your mom's milf and i was like that's where this came from i had no idea yeah um (laughs) so according to imdb trivia oh and i wanted to say delivered by our beloved uh john show and oh uh, yes the other guy oh my goodness knows the other yeah i mean i was excited for kathleen to encounter milf as this being the origin of that term but I was so unprepared for John Cho to be the one who delivered that line. I yeah. loved him in Harold and Kumar, and I, I, I had zero uh, recollection that he was in this at all. I, I mean, I hadn't seen Harold and Kumar at the time I saw this movie, and well, that and, came after, and, and and didn't see. Yeah, I, I saw it much later, so. He wasn't a, an actor on my radar when I saw oh, yeah. uh, American Pie. So yeah, um, I also the uh, one of the things that I always remember about American Pie, the things that stood out was um, the way they just stand there in front of the painting chanting "Milf," and then John Cho goes to kiss the painting, and the other's just like, <laughs> "What are you so doing?" Like, it's just like such a ridiculous moment that always stuck in my brain. <laughs> yeah, but uh, to to mention this bit of IMDb trivia. <clears throat> Contrary to popular belief, American Pie didn't actually invent the term MILF. A 1995 Usenet post initially used the acronym predating the movie by four years. Hmm. However, the film is largely credited as being the one to significantly popularize the term. Okay. So I think for the sake of, you know, it being a term that everyone knows, it basically invented it. Yeah, I I would agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know. Oh, and for anyone who doesn't know, MILF stands for Mom I'd Like to Fuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is now a very popular search term on Pornhub, <laughs> just so we can get a reference to Pornhub on every episode of this podcast now. <laughs> well, we talked about this, the status of porn in oh, the yeah. ni- I mean, late th- 90s. This is I a mean... movie that lends itself to that discussion. Yeah, right. Very um, different. Uh, the other, the other important thing that we—it's a bit of information to come out of this party—is that um, Vicky has never had an orgasm. The, our couple, Kevin and Vicky, mm-hmm. have been together for a while, and she has never had an orgasm. We know because she thinks she maybe had one, and actually, on—that's a no—quickly disabuses her yeah. of that notion. Yeah, um, and also uh, Kevin really fucks up by coming down the stairs he's kind of the most piggish of the boys throughout this entire movie mm-hmm. and i mean i guess that's his arc right is because well i mean it is for both him and oz and maybe all of them i guess but particularly for him and oz is to become more mature yeah of course but he comes down being like i'm sick of getting blowjobs all the time i want to get laid and then you know that's in earshot of vicky who is very upset so yeah. that sets up a problem in their relationship for the future so now we have our pact and we have the action moving forward where we're all going to try and have consensual sex 
sometime before graduation. In three weeks. We have three weeks. Everyone has a different plan. So Oz, our jockey guy, played by Chris Klein, he got told by a college girl that he is coming on too strong and has to listen and be, you know, more in tune with what women are saying. Mm. Because she was a, uh, what was it, a postmodern feminist critical theory major something, something like, like that. that yeah um he should have known that he was not going to score the second she said <laughs> that um so his idea is to join the acapella group or the jazz choir sorry and be a good listener mm-hmm. and we get a line from stifler using another pornographic search term that has grown more popular in recent years what did you cucks do to him cucks <laughs> cucks Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do, cooks? <laughs> Shot on location. But, sorry. Uh, so yeah, that's his plan: is to be um, to to fool all these women into thinking he's more sensitive. And you know, Stifler speaks for all men out there when he says that sounds like a lot of work. Am I right, Drew? <laughs> yeah. <Here. laughs> um, Finch's plan. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry the on-air high five is just like so <laughs> over the top <laughs> oh my god <laughs> wait sorry yeah i'm good i didn't okay. mean to throw us off track there. no no it's Finch's plan is he bribes Natasha Leone to tell everyone that he's great in bed. And so rumors start spreading that he's uh, he's a super stud in the sack. It's a good plan. Clever. Yep. I like it. Yep. He um, was becoming a, uh, a hot item. Right. Uh, so that plays off in the background for a while. In the meantime, Jim doesn't have much of a plan yet. But he gets a little bit of father-son quality bonding time with his dad, Eugene Levy. They get the talk. Yep. Now, let me split this up into asking each of you in turn. So, Drew, did you ever have the talk with your dad? Yeah, I would I would say that I did. Was it as awkward as what we saw in the movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't. It was uh it was about as effective yeah i'd say yeah i mean the thing about eugene levy that i love is my my dad actually did look a lot like eugene levy like in that like you know not spitting image but like there was as far as his general style he reminds me of my own dad a lot sure and uh you know just sort of the earnest approach at it in high school was very similar to my experience in terms of how my dad went about it and it was less he you know he wasn't walking in on me and having the talk like having just caught me jerking off like you know it's it it wasn't as ridiculous buy you porn no and again porn has changed so much (laughs) yeah that's right oh my god yeah uh so kathleen did your parents give you the talk and if no. yes, was it as awkward as that? Okay, so no. <laughs> no, okay. they did not. Mine also did not really give me this. I never had anything quite like this. They just sort of trusted that uh, school would take care yeah. of that health yeah. class. 
Yeah, so I never, you know, I've seen it on TV. Same. But I, yeah, my parents didn't approach the topic ever. <laughs> it never came up. And they just like, think both politely avoided it. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. Same for me. Uh, we just didn't quite have that kind of relationship where we had conversations like that. No. Which isn't to say that it was cold or even like not an open, like communicative relationship. We just sort of didn't talk about. Yeah, you, you didn't go there. Asking. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. It is okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a question also for both of you. Did you have a drawer of sex stuff like uh, Jim did? Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, I had, I had, uh, I think I got my hands on condoms at one point and I had a place where I kept those. You know, they're like the hopeful condoms that you get in high school where you're probably still collecting dust somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure some of them are still kicking around. That's what made me laugh. Like, in there were a couple scenes where they were like stuffing their pockets with condoms. Like, they were going to like <laughs> yeah. show up. And I'm like, I wonder how many times, like, in high school I was around guys that just had like backpacks chock full of condoms. <laughs> I definitely had that experience where like, I would find a backpack or a coat I hadn't worn in a while and would find a condom in a pocket or something mm-hmm. that was like really old. And I would just be like, oh, man, I had had such high hopes for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Like, well, at least I guess part of sex ed was effective, like middle school, like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, we were, that way. We were going for condoms. Yeah. yeah. That was one thing that stuck. It was always really important to me that I had protection available. Yes. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, I I like you had a, like a sketchy drawer or box or, you know, a place where I kept all the things I didn't want my parents to find. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But just like, oh, God, Eugene Levy, he's, why would you do this? Why would you bring him porno mags? <laughs> I, I understand the instinct of like, you want to be the cool dad. I have a funny story about my dad. Um, he, when he was, so when he was growing up, his parents died when he was younger. His dad died when he was 16 and his mom passed away when he was six. So he was really raised by his four older siblings. And they were all at least like, they were like 10 or 20 years older than him, like significantly oh, wow. older. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was a little late. And he, he always uh, he <laughs> told me the story of how my, his youngest um, or his the aunt that's close only 10 years older than him uh like felt bad that he had no like male uh figure to talk to about this stuff yeah and she comes home with like all of these um old porn magazines (laughs) like just a stack and like brings it to his room and he just remembered being like horrified (laughs) thanks sis thanks for the and they were like really old she didn't know what she was oh my god it's amazing (laughs) it's exactly like this yeah it's both sweet and awkward oh how (laughs) you would never be able to look at those you just have the mental association yeah it's mortifying yeah just throw them away oh my god but you know it's back then. You don't have many options. Maybe you do have to hang on to them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, you... oh, you're bored. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so Kevin calls his brother Casey Affleck 
to get advice on what to do for his girlfriend because he finds out from Natasha Leon that he he gets the ego busting news that he has never given his girlfriend an orgasm. So he's like, what do I do? And Casey Affleck directs him to this book that is hidden in the library that is full of sex advice. And I noticed too in this watch that it's hidden in the uh, fluid dynamics section oh, of the I library. Didn't catch that. Yeah. So he learns all this stuff about sex, including uh, the tongue tornado. The, which is the the uh, the holy grail of uh, of uh, cunnilingus moves, apparently. Right, right. So he uses this uh, on Vicky, and it is effective. And he finally gives her an orgasm. And and her dad's about to walk in to to come get her for dinner, and is bound to catch them. And uh, as he approaches the door and is about to put his hand on the doorknob. He hears coming from within the room, I'm coming, I'm coming, and and doesn't. And politely turns around <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, away. okay, she's coming. <laughs> Showing himself to be the wisest character in the entire movie. <laughs> Just like turns right around and walks right back <laughs> the yeah. way he came, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I remember dying the first time I saw that. I think that might have been the funniest moment for me the, on my first watch. Yeah. Well, you you know, the other interpretation is like he didn't understand what was happening behind the door and just heard her say she's coming like she's coming down to dinner and figured he's all set. I, I always took it to be like he knew exactly what was happening. It was just like, I'm not touching this. Interesting. Yeah, that's how I took it. I actually just now as you were saying that I was like, oh, he was. I feel like we was... were meant to think that he just thought she was innocently calling down that she's coming to di- to the dinner table. Yeah, yeah, I I see that, and that's funny too. I always I always thought it... that you did, Kathleen. That it was more just like he heard that and was <laughs> like, okay, I'm not gonna. I, yeah. I, I don't want any yeah. part of this, I'm right? Gonna, like this is a can of worms. I don't want to yeah. engage in. Yeah, it, yeah. Your, but Drew, yours works as well. I feel like both the layers are are legitimately there because yours involves wordplay, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we get a little bit more of Oz working his angle with uh, jazz girl Heather. Uh, Minu Suvari, where he like you know plays the listening card, where he pretends to listen to what she has to say, mm-hmm. but also we maybe get some signs that maybe he's starting to really listen. A mm-hmm. little bit of development, and then we get the infamous pie scene, where Jason Biggs comes home and fucks a pie, <laughs> <laughs> the thing he will always be famous for, for good or ill, is being a pie fucker. Poor bastard pretty funny uh kathleen i remember when i was sitting next to you and you were just like the whole time i mean so there were a few times where you actually made audible reactions to the film one was when the guy when stifler drank jizz and you're like gross yeah i agree <laughs> and then there's this scene where you're just like oh my god <laughs> that was like yeah that I that was like over the top oh my god I, this is why this movie there was so much uh like talk about it like, yeah i mean that was outrageous yeah. at the time that this or was like the now. scene. yeah this <laughs> like, was the scene yeah I, I mean there are a lot of outrageous scenes in this movie but that was the one that had everyone talking yeah yeah the, so i was like oh this is yeah this is why and this is outrageous <laughs> yeah and i think that's part of why too on my initial watch i was so kind of like underwhelmed by the film was the fact that like i already knew all about this oh. going oh. in so like Again, there weren't a lot of surprises left for me. Right. You know, so it was just like, yeah, I know he fucks a pie in this movie. So 
it wasn't much of a surprise. But I, I will say, you know, it was funny again to revisit this time. I really, you know, good job, Jason Biggs <laughs> yeah. and Eugene Levy, too. It's a, it's a funny scene. Yeah, and I enjoyed the movie on the the repeat watch more than I thought I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed. Me too. Um, but on the complete 180 flip side the next scene which i think is uh not one that holds up jim is asked to hang out by nadia shannon elizabeth playing a check exchange student Mm -hmm. and she is very pretty and so she's gonna come over and he and his buddies come up with this idea that they are going to webcast what happens to each other over the internet and um they're having this discussion like it's so normal it's like you mean you're like you're gonna broadcast her over the internet and like stifler what does he say he's just like you mean you're you're gonna have a like how can you have sex with a girl if you can't even take pictures of her while she's in your bedroom or something like that it's fucking crazy yeah it's crazy i was like that that was like of all the things that whole scene was like horrifying to me yeah it's awful and i'm like so that was 1999 that was pre cyber bullying and like it was before that was a huge topic yeah 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 um so ultimately the joke of this scene is on jim and he is the one who is humiliated by it. So they do flip it that way. But the concept of it is still just so crazy. Right. And the reality of how that would unfold for characters in that or people in that kind of situation, like the girl would be in a really tough spot socially after that. Well, OK, so so a, a bunch of different things to unpack here. So what happens in the scene is that... um she comes over and Jim is supposed to be broadcasting this to his friends. And uh, it turns out he has done something wrong and is accidentally broadcasting it to the entire school. So problem number one. Yeah. Um, number two is that like it goes way farther than anyone ever thought it would. She takes all of her clothes off. But then, of course, it kind of fl- uh, well, she starts masturbating. He then comes over. Because he, like, initially it's like he's going to spy on her, too, from With his, his friends. friends. Yeah, and, and they're talking about it. I mean, Kevin such a comes... such casualness, Yeah, Kevin, Kevin pipes in at just the right time to say what you're thinking at the moment, which is, what the hell are you doing with us here? Get the hell back over there. Yeah, which, you know, is is funny in its way if you put aside what they're, what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And the idea of him, like, running back and forth between the house, but whatever... The degree of casualness with which they discuss what they're doing is also kind of like ridiculous. But anyway, so he comes back over and what happens is he comes twice just by uh, touching her. Yeah. Which is insane. Um, Yeah. The first time is understandable. The second time is anatomically dubious. Yes. Someone does say, how is that even possible? And I would agree. Yeah. That is very fast. He is pretty young, I suppose. But even still, it's... And it is broadcast to the whole school, which is, again, one of these things where it is the end of your social life. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like today, even if it was, if the original plan worked and they were just broadcast, like they were recording, period, they were broadcasting to just their friends, like. It would get out. It it would, they would, they would be arrested for that, most likely. Or oh, they yeah. Would, and it would, it's, yeah, <laughs> so bad. Yeah. And so. What you were starting to say, Drew, is that the consequences for the girl would be so much worse. In fact, they are. So Jim's social oh, life yeah, is destroyed. But in a like, it's not even addressed in the movie, just in like a tossed off comment. He's just like, her sponsors oh. saw this and she's been shipped back to Czech the Czech Republic. Republic. Yeah. And like she's shown at the end over like webcam to be like fine, I guess. But that's not very realistic. Right. Like she's been sent home. You know, and like that's never really followed up on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the consequences were bad for her. Yeah. yeah. And they would have been worse than that. Yes, they would have been. Yeah. It's, and so, yeah, I don't know. The whole scene is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so ultimately, though, the joke of the scene within the context of the movie is on Jim. And he has his social life ruined, but again, not even to the point where it would have been. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was like he had a bad couple of hours at school the next day. He was slightly embarrassed. Yeah. Like, he would have had to move. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it was the end of his life in in the real world. Right. You know? Blink-182 saw what happened. Yeah, that's right. They did. <laughs> I will and say- And their monkey. And their monkey. I kept being like, why was there a monkey- and your response to that? It's the 90s, it's man. It's the 90s, man. Yeah. yeah there's, and it's true. There were a lot of monkey. There hey. was a lot of monkey business in the 90s. Friends. There yeah. was a monkey on Friends, exactly. just like that. I, I will say in that scene, though, the reaction shots of all the different people in the school making fun of him while things were going on during the video, those were kind of That's amazing. Some, it, it felt pretty real as far as how kids, like... And also, like, the, the editing in it was pretty tight. Like, the way it was cutting, like, between all the different groups of yeah. kids in the school, all, like... And, and it's funny, too, because they're all laughing at him. Right. Which Yeah, I mean, him better. dancing, that was that was funny. Yeah. I just... Yeah, they 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 made it lighthearted and, and yeah. less offensive through that, I think. Yeah, it was just one of those things where it was like, this would not be okay right now (laughs) yeah all right so anyway the movie goes on and this is where we get the debut of the most famous line from this movie probably which is uh he has nowhere else to turn so he starts talking to michelle uh the girl who has all these stories about one time at band camp and i will say she's just so cute she's so (laughs) insanely cute i just i I was in love with her then, and this movie reminded me of why. Like, I just, I, I really liked Allison Hannigan. Um, she agrees to go to prom with him, so he's all set. Oz, meanwhile, his relationship is developing with Heather, but he is faced now with a decision because, in a classic, like, romantic comedy setup, he is faced with the decision does he play lacrosse? He has, on the same day, the big lacrosse meet and the singing championship. So, does he play lacrosse or does he sing? Well, and initially he's all bros before hoes, man. I'm going to go play lacrosse. Thanks for understanding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Right? That's that's how he was. 
but no. then then halfway through the game in response to the coach's like halftime pep talk to the team he's like yeah i'm I, i'm out of here yeah he makes the right decision <laughs> he makes the right decision <laughs> but how does he how does he put it though when he could you could you maybe do it for us <laughs> <laughs> you got somewhere better to be son yeah, I'm out yeah, of I here. do. I'm, I'm, out, I'm out here. Yeah. I got somewhere better to be. Oh, hey, how are you? Hey, <laughs> I'm really interested in what you have to say right now. It's really important to me to hear what you have to say and what you think. I'm really interested. Um. So, also, did you guys find it was interesting that they chose to have him uh, play lacrosse? Yeah, he's well, well, he's like, I, I also play yeah. football. But... <laughs> I also play football, by the way. I also play. So dynamic. Like, man, everyone's always trying to, like, box me in and stereotype me. Uh, I'm being pigeonholed as a lacrosse player, but I'm also really I'm good so... at football. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Not that you ever asked, but I'm also a really great jock at other sports. <laughs> but, it, but I'm so much more than that, too. I also play shortstop. <laughs> And I'm a really sick goalie. <laughs> Basically, I'm great at every sport. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Not that you ever asked about me or anything, but I'm a really good jock. <laughs> but of course, the important thing right now is that I'm also really good at singing, the thing that you care about. Yeah, I'm great at everything. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Not only am I hot and have this chiseled bod, but I'm great at everything. <laughs> Especially listening at what you have to say. <laughs> the total package oh, God. <laughs> oz man no wonder he gets laid at the end mm-hmm. all right so um <laughs> bad news for stifler it turns out the story about Shitbreak has gotten out of control oh yeah that's the nickname for finch they call him Shitbreak because he's afraid to shit at the school so he runs home each time they call yes, him Shitbreak. break yeah. but the stories about him have gotten out of control and now include that he beat up stifler in a fight so Stifler sabotages him, spikes his his mochaccino, right, yep. uh, with laxatives. And so, yet again, an embarrassing thing from which there is no coming back. Right. He takes this epic, horrible, diarrheic... Sh- like, like, nonstop, like, shitpocalypse. Yeah. In the women's in the room, room. While yeah. they're there. Yeah. It, like, including the girl who was, uh, like, teeing up to ask him out to the prom. And Stifler has gathered all of the school outside to, like, greet him with a giant point and laugh when he's coming out, mm-hmm. too. So it's just, like, his life is over. Too. There are, like, multiple things in this movie where the social consequences are so severe the only alternative is suicide right basically like you, you have, have to move or move kill or yourself. kill yourself yes i know <laughs> whereas the only real repercussions is just like oh, someone might not go to prom with me <laughs> so he's fucked kevin meanwhile still can't bring himself to tell his girlfriend that he loves her but we get this interesting kind of like parallel dynamic here where her big concern is that the first time they have sex, she wants it to be perfect. With him, it's not... So it's this classic guy thing where he can't bring himself to say I love you, 
But there's a little bit more going on there, mm. at least in that, like, he kind of has this thing where he doesn't want to just say it. He wants it to be perfect. He wants the I love you to be perfect. Yeah. Which, like, okay, fair enough. Fine. But he can't bring himself to say it. So that's messing up their shit. So, you know, they still have stuff going on. But they're going to go to prom. And eventually Natasha Leone gives uh, Vicky enough of a pep talk that she's at least ready to have sex. Yeah. So that's on the table now. And finally, it's time for prom. So everybody's got dates, except for poor shit break. <laughs> uh, whose shit actually broke his life. <laughs> right. Not for long, though. Not for long. That's true. Uh, Eugene Levy gets one more really sweet moment with Jim where he tells him to uh, be careful putting on the corsage. (laughs) Oh my god, I got so misty. Eugene Levy is just so good at these sweet moments of being a dad. I just, oh, he's just so good at being a dad. (laughs) Oh. I, yeah, yeah. I, I got I got teary. <laughs> um, prom happens. Their prom was at the gym. Do I? Yeah, yeah. Proms can be in gym. I mean, a lot of high gym? school dances can okay. be in gyms, but well, high school dances are at gyms. I thought but, proms were often on, on like proms our, are our school often, prom was like yeah. on an offsite. A lot, a lot are because we went to a fancy, yeah, you know, snazzy kinda. high school. Where was your prom? It's like at a just like, like a, a hotel, hotel, yeah, yeah, you know, convention room, yeah. yeah. I mean, not that fancy. Gotcha. Still a public school. Yeah. yeah. No, my I, I went to public school and we did the same thing for prom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they did also, though, were like, teachers will be guarding the elevators in case any of you even think about trying to get a room at this motel. <laughs> yeah, right. And they actually like posted teachers like guards at all the elevators. They're like, you are not getting a hotel room here. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, that's responsible from uh, the adult side. Yeah, of not for us, though. I know. <laughs> um, so at this prom, everyone's kind of either bummed out or being a dick or in Oz's case, being more mature. So Oz is maturing because he has fallen in love with Heather and that's brought him along in the, uh, you know, growth and development scale. Shitbreak and Jim are both bummed out because their lives have been like burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. And Kevin's just being an immature asshole all night because all he cares about is sex. I thought that whole, like, him pushing the pact, it was weird. It felt kind of like, I don't know, didn't see it coming and, like, that he would be the so one persistent who was, yeah. about it. Now, remember, he was the one, though, who who kind of initiated the pact. He was the one who jumped up on the chair and was like, well, come on, we're, come on, we're going to get laid who's Kevin's with me the worst. He yeah is, right he's, he's like, the ringleader of it but it was very uh it was satisfying to see the rest of the group all turn and kind of yeah you know was. call him out for yeah. taking it too far especially oz yeah yeah oz was just like but even and jim uh, was jim, very yeah. much like i'm you know what i'm tired of hearing this shit from you yeah well i i think Oz, it was satisfying because you saw how much he's grown. Jim, uh, the satisfaction comes more from like, he really enunciates a little bit of what we've been talking about, which is that so much of what Kevin has been talking about. I guess like Kevin is just like toxic masculinity, the person. Right. Although he's like a, like a product of it. Yes. Which is, and Jim's basically like, I'm sick of this 
you know, I, I don't want the pressure anymore. Yeah. Like, he's cut like this, this shit out. It's, it's not worth it and it's not that important. And it's ruining it for me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I, I don't even want this anymore. I think, though, the reason why Kevin is like that, too, is because it's finally like, like he's got it in the bag now. And so he's like mm. so thoughtlessly confident himself that he's like not thinking about his friends yeah and like where they like you know because you know one of them is in the you know oz is in this place where he's trying to have a mature relationship and the other two are miserable and he's not even thinking about them because he's just so like caught up on his own shit yeah yeah a lot of toxic masculinity in this movie Mm -hmm. but anyway sherman the geek from before gets uh outed outed as having lied about having gotten laid although kind of awful what happens to him once again <laughs> a, coming back from that. a no. social thing because he is outed in front of the whole prom as having lied about having sex he is a virgin he has also fucked a a thing that you eat in this case a grapefruit oh yeah that's right we did learn that about him that feels like a much worse choice than a pie by the way it would sting wouldn't it yeah the citrus doesn't seem like it would work or also it's cold it's not good <laughs> not good at all uh and then he pisses his pants (laughs) in front of everyone at the prom prom. he pissed his pants at the senior prom these are like these things that happen to these people are things people kill themselves over yeah it's endlessly traumatic jesus christ yeah. Like, there's sequels to these movies where these people show up, and it's like, oh, hey, Stifler, hey, Sherman, like, what's going on? Like, these people would never show their faces again. Oh. Like, what is happening? They they do have this nice little flourish at the uh, final after party where Stifler's got a drink in his hand, and he's, like, double-checking to make sure there isn't a uh, little something extra in there. PTSD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I like how they did that, because, yeah, they, yeah that's, that's there would be real trauma. A nice little moment there, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, so people are having their lives ruined in this movie, left mm-hmm. and right. <laughs> so we want, so as you say, Drew, we wind up at the, the final the denouement of this movie which is uh stifler's post-prom party at it at this lake house and basically it works out great for everybody so oz has a very lovely night with heather they have a you know beautiful talk where he really gets into how like at first he was just being a jock about it and really just wanted to score but now it's like he feels like he already won the game. <gasps> oh, that's so sweet. Oh my god, bro. And you know what? I'm totally gonna fuck you tonight, but I'm not even gonna brag about it tomorrow morning to my bros. <laughs> I was like, I was I was impre- impressed though that he even like brought it up because he didn't have to at all like explain the pact or anything like that. Mm. Like I was like, he could have just went on and like not mentioned it mentioned it but like then it could come out later and jeopardize right. his relationship yeah so what am i a bet am i just a stupid yeah. bet <laughs> he avoided that he just like totally went honest. for it he- it's like oh. well i always was kind of surprised in watching this movie that he j- never copped sleeping with her and and actually, to me, I was never entirely clear. Like, they do have sex, right? Like, I was always kind of like, maybe they just, like, got very hot and heavy and didn't have sex. 
and he was being honest or it's just that they did have sex and he just like it wasn't important to him anymore so he claimed not to have had sex either way i thought like it was a surprising kind of mature moment for him mm-hmm. and also their morning when they cut to the morning after and it's the two of them um on the dock i actually think is a very lovely kind of shot and moment i always yeah it's super romantic and like I, and feels feels like an authentically sweet depiction of yeah. two people even when i was young watching this i i remember watching that being like oh that seems really nice yeah yeah, yeah. that's sweet very sweet yeah mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I wasn't quite clear if they had sex or not. I agree. What, what do you think? I didn't think that they did until that shot of the next morning because it looks like there's no clothes and they're wrapped in right. this blanket. But I mean, yeah, I with all with the other characters, it was like very, very clear. clear. Yeah. And because he was trying to have a mature relationship and stuff, it was kind of like. I don't. I don't know if this I mean, happened, and, and I don't think it, it matters. matters. Yeah. yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah. And when he when they were talking about it, it felt like his response was intentionally vague. Whether they, you know, they some something physical happened mm-hmm. that night anyway. They and were close. He, they were <laughs> close, but he when it came time to you know put your bragging chips on the table, he boys. Didn't he didn't. He didn't need to. And what he felt was worthy of putting on the table to brag about was i think i'm we're falling in love oh it's so sweet i think i'm falling in love with you <laughs> i one up to you bros you made it you made it you, you you think you scored you think you made it a home plate i'm out of i'm out of the park bro i know i'm gorgeous and i'm good at everything but i also love you yeah i'm the whole package <laughs> and then kevin's like yeah Good for you, man. Like, <laughs> you condescending <my> freak. <laughs> my girlfriend doesn't love me, clearly. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, we'll, we'll still talk about those okay. two in a second. But I got, so um, Jim manages to go through his whole date with Michelle. She's talking about Bandcamp the entire time until we get the real Bandcamp line, which is one time at Bandcamp, I took a flute and stuck it in my pussy. Awesome. I love how it, he doesn't react because he's not listening <laughs> and then just spits out his drink. <laughs> yeah, and then she like she just hooks up with him hard and it's so funny. She's like, like she's a she's a closeted kink, basically. Oh yeah. She's like that's band camp is just sex ed. She's like she's a monster. <laughs> yeah. Right. She uses him. Yeah, she ditches him in the morning. It's just it's great. I, I oh yeah. she's wonderful. She's, she has multiple condoms in her purse yeah because she she just knows she's like i i want you to be desensitized i do your sure thing like i i know what's to do here yeah <laughs> she oh. was great finch finch had a pretty tough night but he had a nice moment with natasha leone where she got him a nice flask yeah also assured him he would not be sleeping with her mm-hmm. but then he gets the ultimate moment of vengeance on the guy who fucked with him by banging his mom yeah cue the mrs robertson Ugh, so on the nose so yeah. good <laughs> yeah verily a milf mm-hmm. um, v milf 
if you will. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. She is the MILF. Mm-hmm. Well observed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also noticed, too, and I don't know if this is deliberate, he's kind of in that scene dressed like James Bond a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Talking about, like, you know, how he likes his drink. Yeah, he's meant to be the classy kind of, uh, you know, Debonair. more sophisticated than his age. Yeah. She also, she likes her drinks. Uh, it was her scotch aged 18 years, just the way I like it. Yeah, that line is perfectly <laughs> yeah. delivered. It's pretty funny. Uh, so that's awesome. And of course, he gets like maybe even better than the sex itself and being complimented on his skills is the fact that Stifler walks in on them the next morning mm-hmm. and he gets to say, Good morning. <laughs> oh, hi, Stifler. <laughs> so great. Um, as terrible as Stifler is. He has two very, like, crappy things happen to him that yep. would be hard to recover from. Oh, yeah. Hefty <laughs> comeuppance for that guy mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And good. Yeah. Yeah, well well, well earned. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, he, he, again, I think Sean Williams Scott is very funny throughout this. Yes. Just throwing it out there. But that brings us to Kevin and Vicky, who have awkward couple sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What I think is hilarious about this is the next morning and how, like, over it she is. Yep. Like, after all this, like, it's it's also, and correct me if I'm wrong, you two, perhaps I'm wrong on this, but I think it's very real that they, it's all been so, like, built up and important to her this whole time. And then the moment the next morning comes and it's over, she's just like, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think the whole like the whole time she's like, Kevin, you're like it's an asshole, and I, like she knows he's an asshole, mm. but she's like holding out for this fantasy that she is just so wants him to say what she wants and like have that fantasy come true, and it does, and then she's like, okay, well now I'm just gonna be real, and you're an asshole, and I'm over it. Yeah, yeah, that that's it. There it is. Yeah. yeah. That, and and I think for all the flaws of the movie, good on them for at least getting that right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, at least for as much of an asshole as he is, at least he accepts that. And he doesn't even fight for it. He, like, realizes it, too. Yeah. And like, he didn't really, because she kind of, when she starts the conversation about how we're going to college next year and like we both know that's not really gonna work out he's just kind of like yeah (laughs) well he starts by being like oh why are you saying don't say that and he does start off kind of trying to push back a little bit but quickly caves yeah (laughs) he said i love you which i didn't think i didn't know if he was actually that was gonna happen the night before right Um, and I wasn't clear of, like, is that just because he wants to have sex right now or is he just... Well, that's, it's but... like they kind of, they're playing this dance the whole time where where I think in the back of their minds, they're probably both seeing the end of the school year and the move on to college as being this thing that their relationship might not survive. But they're playing this cat and mouse game of he's making it about like when are we going to have sex she's making it about when are you going to say you love me and the the subtle overtones is like is this relationship like going somewhere serious or is it you know they're both seeing that there's there's a likely breakup on the horizon i think in the back of their minds 
and the, all that felt re- very real to me. Like, yeah. I remember feeling that way senior year, it's coming to an end and you're in a relationship. Is this like really what's going to happen? Like that anxiety and stuff felt relatable to me. Right. Yeah. The movie's good at finding some relatable moments, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's uh, that's basically the end of the movie. He does say, I love you. It, it, they do both get their perfect moment. He, he gets the perfect sex. She gets the perfect I love you. Yep. And, uh, you know, they both achieve that. And then it's done. And it's done. <laughs> they, feel, they feel surprisingly empty afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not worth all the buildup. Just mm-hmm. like real sex. <laughs> so I've been told. I've never actually had it. Oh. Um, so... Yeah, it works out for everyone in the end. It's a happy ending for everybody, and we get a big old cheers onto the next step, and that's American Pie, the end. I just want to mention a couple of last facts about the movie before we wrap up. So this movie had a budget of $11 million. Does anyone want to guess how much money it made? I just know from your earlier comment that it made a lot. And that's all. <laughs> I'm going to go with 150 million. More. 300 million? Less. Okay. <laughs> it made $235.5 million, Woo! which compared to the budget, right? So much money. It was the 20th highest grossing film of 1999. By the way, that is just the box office. It made just under $110 million in home video rental hmm. sales money. Aw, wow. so video much. rentals. Yeah, remember yeah. those? Blockbuster. <laughs> Blockbuster. Well, we just gave it some money renting and streaming. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, American Pie. So <laughs> as I alluded to earlier, it spawned a whole bunch of sequels, including American Pie 2. Which is when they're in college, right? Right. It's their like first summer back after freshman year of college, something like that. Okay. okay. Uh, that one I've seen. Uh, then there's American Wedding, which is uh, spoiler alert: Jim and Michelle getting married. Cute. Yes. <laughs> and then American Reunion, which was in, just in 2012. It also spawned four direct to DVD spinoffs which were under the label American Pie Presents. And that was American Pie Presents Band Camp, (laughs) The Naked Mile, Beta House, and The Book of Love, which uh, was the most recent one in 2009. Eugene Levy was in every single one of these films that i just mentioned wow he made a mini career out of being in these american pie movies wow he in fact was like the only person from this series who's in all of the like he is the through (laughs) and it it becomes it was like a joke yeah like it became weird after a while it's like this direct-to-dvd american pie spinoff which has like I know I haven't seen any of them, but I know in some of them it's like Stifler's younger brother is the main character or something like that. But eventually it's like none of the main characters are in it. But why is Jim's dad in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) What what is Eugene Levy doing here? To a certain extent, I'm glad Schitt's Creek is around just for the fact that it gives some people something to associate Eugene Levy with besides the American yes. Pie movies. Yes. Because he is so much better. Yeah. Not, not to rag on them too much, because, like, you know, good for you to work consistently, but it's like, 
there's more to Eugene Levy than American Pie. Yeah, that's right. And I want people to know that. (laughs) Eugene Levy was also, as part of this movie, told that he could improvise as much as he wanted to. So a Mm. lot of his dialogue was improvised. That's cool. Allison Hannigan also improvised her line during the sex scene, say my name, bitch. That's amazing. (laughs) That was really good. Yeah. And then also, Leslie, uh, Jason Biggs, uh, he had to do all the sex scenes himself instead of having a body double. This is an IMDb trivia bit, by the way, because uh, when his body double showed up to work, he had a huge scar across his stomach and hadn't told anybody that. So he got fired and Jason Biggs just had to do it himself. So that's the movie. Ultimately, well, let's start with you, Kathleen, because you are a guinea pig. Did you think this movie was better late or never? And what I mean by that is that you feel like this movie has filled in some essential gap in your filmic history that you're better off now for having seen it. Whereas never is kind of like if you went the rest of your life without ever seeing this movie, that would have been just fine. I would say better late, but it basically split. Like, I feel like none of the cultural um Everything that I assumed about its impact culturally was like pretty dead on just because mm-hmm. so it didn't like change that. It just filled in the gaps and it was pretty enjoyable. So, yeah, yeah. I think your predictions are pretty accurate, <laughs> mm-hmm. except for the fact except that it was at band school, camp. not yeah. band camp. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's American Pie presents band camp. Mm. OK, that's the one you that, that must have been what you were thinking. Yeah, of. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, I was like, oh, <laughs> Now, what about you, Drew? It sounded like you were pretty positive on this rewatch. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it early, uh, and and I liked it late, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we've gone over the things about this movie that are bad, and that don't age, didn't age well, and that are, you know, bad. Are yeah. bad, yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I was actually, like, not sure how I was going to react to this rewatch uh, going in. I was kind of, you know, because my memory of it was finding it kind of blah the first time mm. um and i found this rewatch to be a pleasant surprise so you know if there's anyone out there who hasn't seen it in a while i would say uh worth giving it another another look it's it's actually pretty funny mm-hmm. so yeah american pie still a thumbs up <laughs> um and with that i think we are done so guys thank you so much for coming on thank you thanks and please come on again and um i guess if there's one last thing i have to say it's just i want something else to get me through this semi-charm kind of life baby baby i want something i never knew that was the line <laughs>